listening to the real WTH library. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for our uh, episode. I guess, what'd you say? This is three? This is episode 732. Okay. No, episode three, um, my dude. Well, three-ish. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do this. I guess it'd be three. Episode three, but we cover multiple chapters per episode. But then what happens when we start covering a new book? It'll still, uh, season one, episode three. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Book one, episode three. Oh, Uh, I like that. Book one. We'll do that. There you go. Okay, so this is book one, episode three, where we're going to cover chapters seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, just seven, eight, nine. Oh, okay. Of Play Dead of by Ted Decker. Play Dead, yeah. And I am Wilson, joined by Tommy. Tommy, but my friends call me Rocket. Red Rocket? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't that kind of show, Tommy. Oh, my bad. Strictly the book. <laughs> All right. So uh, we left off with uh, chapter six. Let's just do a little recap of chapter six. Oh, I, I wrote a lot for chapter six. Yeah. So um, episode, or chapter six is basically uh, we found out that Jamie has autism. Yes. Randy and Rachel talk to Claire's parents and they talk about what was wrong with the room. There was red dirt in there, which matched the scene of the crime. They found the, the rig. Uh, they found the rig that Jamie had no idea that was there. He wasn't showing any signs of remorse. Um, he was also scared for Randy to go in his closet because he said it was messy, which makes sense because he's on the uh, autism spectrum. Right. Um, but they end up having to take Jamie to the station because everything's being recorded and <laughs> everything's so. being recorded. So as I was trying to say, they end up having to take Jamie to the station because everything's being recorded. So everyone's heard basically what Randy has been saying to him, what Jamie's been saying. And based on that, there's enough evidence for them to actually arrest uh, Jamie. So now there's probable cause. Yeah. Um, So that takes us into chapter seven. Which, from what I have written down, I think it's only the governor's speech. Is that correct? Um, yeah. Um, Basically, th- that's well. That's what's going on. It's the governor's speech, but the governor's not the only one who has anything to say in this yeah. moment. But the the one thing that I took from the governor, or from what Randy thought of what the governor was saying, is the governor used fear mongering is the same tactic that Hitler used. Everything she was doing was all politicking. I had that same exact note written down. Which, I mean, what's going on today? Well, and and what I wrote is um, basically, because the governor's name is Judith Patterson. Um, and then, so this whole scene is set up, I, I'm, I'm picturing it I think they said it's like outside a courthouse and there's steps. So there's like yep. a lot of uh, media protesters, picketers there holding yeah. signs that say uh, um, basically like uh, death to deadheaders, death, death to deadheads. And so they're pushing a narrative um, um, at the, towards the DA. Now, Judith Patterson is also trying to become president and she's going, the, she's using this as a platform, right? 
And so it says, yeah, they're, they're using fear mongering against the deadheads. Um, and uh, I wrote a note here for me to read. There's some good lines here um, that, that I want I don't want to highlight in the book. So I just wrote read last line. So um, here in the book, <clears throat> it says, uh, this is what, uh, based on what you said about the Hitler thing, she says, make no mistake. We live in dangerous times. If history has taught us one thing, it is that those who thirst for power will exert whatever means at their disposal to control, subjugate, and kill innocent people for their own gain. The means of that control once required great skill and cunning uh, and, and cunning. Adolf Hitler swayed an entire nation using a serpent's tongue before using violence and death to keep them in his grasp. The war that followed claimed the lives of millions. Let us not forget. Um, so that's the fear mongering basically comparing this whole thing to like a Hitler-esque scare tactic. Yeah. The, this play dead. And she's using um, Timothy and Claire's death as like political gain as this. Yeah. And then you have Claire's mom in the whole thing. Um, like you said, the governor was not the only person to say something during this press conference. Claire's mom finally blurted out. I think it, at some point, the governor was talking and she says, no, 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 you're not going to use my daughter for something. You have the book open. Uh, she I, said, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like, you're not going to use my daughter. Uh, I think she said something like, you're not going to use my daughter as a pawn or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, basically, she gave a really angry speech. Um, she also blamed Claire's dad for causing it all. And then she called for all deadheads to die. Seems a little extreme, right? It does. Yeah. And, and they basically, her, Claire's mom, and, and so Steve, is his name Steve? Yes. Yeah. Um, they basically get into like this argument. Yeah, right like, in front of everyone. And she's blaming him for um, the death because apparently he freezes. I think he was like in shock, like like, yeah, like he couldn't yeah. believe like she was just going at him like this. Um, it says uh, so. Steve, he's in the tech business as well. Yeah, an up and coming company called Mistletoe. Yeah, which is um, I guess compared to um, I think I have it right here. Um, it says uh, she was it's blaming like a the search engine, right? Yeah, it says she was blaming the whole tech community and her husband's role as the founder of Mistletoe which is an organic search engine that many hoped would one day rival Google. It used VR technology to anticipate needs and desires. Although Kinda Randy like Google does right, right now, although Randy didn't know how. Um, so basically he's in the business too. So she's like, now she's at a point to where she's, uh, you know, if, if it's anything VR, not just deadheads, um, they're anything. criminals. Yeah which is the same way that people are going with, um, you know, <laughs> different races. People are like, oh, they're all criminals or cops saying, oh, all cops are bad. They're, yeah. they're, blank, they're blankets. I guess you would say doing a blanket statement on certain well, people. All criminals are bad, Tommy. You know what I meant. Okay. Yeah. But Judith Patterson, um, and I, I got this, the, the governor, she called um, it basically the whole uh, VR technology or thing, 
unrestrained technology, um, which I, I feel like we can we can parallel this with gun control right now. Yeah, um, Twitter and Facebook. I mean, look at it. I mean, like I said, we're not a political show, but when you could shut down a pol- a, a, a former president and not allow him to talk, you know, yeah. you're you're. I mean, granted, like you're private for the the what's it called the 46th yeah whatever it is yeah but it's um you know yeah granted they're a private company they could do that but look what you're doing look what you're showing you're you're truly yeah what are you allowing through when you're centering this other group yeah or this other thing you know because because there's things that i'm seeing that are coming through that are far worse yeah so um what like I said, she's using this as, as, as a, as a, a political gain. She's like, okay, cool. I could, I have this mob mentality in front of me with picket signs, deadhead. I'm going to use this as my platform. And I, I think we saw a lot of this in the last election. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh yeah. Um, we're not going to denounce an Antifa type. We're just going to embrace them. This happened up in Portland where their mayor was like, oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And he ended up getting pepper spray. Now he's like, we got to stop. We got to stop. I'm like, dude, yeah. do you not understand that when you start siding with mob mentality, that mob mentality is going to keep going. They're, they're still against you. That's not going to change. And once they turn on you, you're, you're going to look like a fool. Yeah. So based on what but, she sees, she think, thinks this is the uh, status quo of where everyone thinks based off of a few um basically the main thing i got out of this chapter was patterson was using the speech to put her up in the presidential race right that 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 was all it was and you could tell through the eyes of randy because that's basically what this chapter is is randy sitting there on the steps listening to everything that's going on right you can tell the pauses she makes and he, he actually describes some of the stuff that she's doing and saying how he doesn't really agree with what she's doing and he knows what she's trying to do. Basically. Right. Oh, Oh, the other thing that we find out in this chapter is um, I, I don't know if this was super important, but it seemed important at the time. Um, Claire used this program on her um, computer or rig or whatever called Swiper. That basically, oh, yeah, that's that's used throughout the book, which basically erases everything. So she didn't want what she, she it's and, it's it's a hacker erasing their tracks, basically. right? Because as we said in the last uh, couple chapters, um, she sent a letter, um, that was mail like snail mail you would call yeah. it today yeah because everything on the internet or computer is easily traceable so she's covering her tracks and going like old school with this for some reason we don't know yet at this point um but what we do know is um the the, the governor with with this you said she's using it as the political gain which usually when something like this it, it breeds controversy right which yeah. bring which breeds uh, media attention, and any attention at that point when you're in a when you're in a political race is um, sometimes good attention because you're you have a 50-50 chance of getting support. Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's probably at this point what it seems like 
in in the country that this book is set in, it seems like there's more people that are calling for regulation of VR stuff. Right. Just like that, people are calling uh, well, for right. That's that's the the loud minority. That's the group in front of the courthouse that that the, the what you see in today, the news media focusing on the beach of people when the shutdown happens, it's packed with people. But if you zoom out, you see there's only a few people. Or, there. If, or if you go <laughs> above. Right. It's the same yeah. thing. They're showing yeah. that. So it is a mind. It's a vocal minority. Um, Cause which don't get me wrong. I think VR stuff. I'm totally excited for all that. Oh yeah. So I'm pumped. No joke. I mean, some of the stuff they're talking about is a little weird because it's it's getting I mean we'll find out later on it gets a little matrixy um that's but, what I think when I had a hard time with the book in, in um following along but I think that's the point yeah because yeah. you'll you'll see because you don't know what's real what's not mm-hmm. so that that's the that's you know where we get with that yeah um is that all you got for chapter seven yeah it's chapter seven uh, so chapter eight, I, I don't know why this is, but, uh, w- chapters, well, the prologue through chapter seven was book one, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then you get into chapter eight and it says book two, the defense. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't really know why it does that because one through seven was not enough for a book in my eyes. Yeah, I, I, and I can't honestly, honestly, I can't remember. Like, if is it like Act One, Act Two? I want to say it's more like Act. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so in Chapter Eight, uh, it goes to Angie Channing, and uh, prior to this, she had gone and done a deep dive, which is where you use your VR rig to, I mean, go super in depth, I guess, into VR yeah, with, with Teo. With Teo. And uh, she tells Derry about that, which it seems like they have like the perfect relationship. Yeah, very open. Just very open. It's they're silly with each other, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, she's had no whiteouts since that happened. Is what I wrote down. Which whiteouts were what red protocol people? Um, what's his name? something Barnes Jake, Jake Barnes, Barnes uh said would happen after she did the whole red protocol for four days I think it was yeah um she would have whiteouts where everything would just go white for a couple seconds and then it would return to normal um they did say you can't have a whiteout in a virtual space yes so as long as you're having whiteouts you know that you're in reality that's what I got from that too. That was a, I think a, a clue that Which, I didn't pick up that I picked up. I was like, I mean, okay. I have, I haven't read the whole book yet, but I've gotten pretty far through it, but I'm wondering if that was a ploy. Yeah. Honestly, I can't remember. Okay. Um, but actually Angie ends up receiving the letter that you talked about snail mail uh, from Claire in this chapter and it is, I think it's four days after the murder has happened that she receive, receives right. this letter. Um, hold on, I got to turn my page. So like you said, uh, they saw the 
USPS delivering the mail, which they said wasn't was strange to them because uh, they also mentioned something about everything is delivered by drones. Yeah, and nobody rings the doorbell because that's right. what happened. That's weird that people ring the doorbell for regular mail in this like future place. Yeah, normally, I mean, not so much now, but when packages arrived back in the day, they would ring the doorbell. Yeah. Like my UPS guy, he comes up, he'll usually just ring the bell and and walk away. Yeah. Um, But not the normal mail. Yeah. Um, Did you want me to read the letter that? Yeah, you can. Okay. So this is a letter that I don't have it. This is the letter that Claire wrote to Angie. Um, It says, dear Angie Channing, you don't know me, but I know you through your book, Righteous. I also know your handle on the dark net, Loverboy. Loverboy. I know it because I'm a hacker and a closet deadhead like you. I had to speak to someone about something my friend Timothy and I found on an encrypted key. I can't tell you anything else here, but it's terrifying and I don't know what else to do. Please don't tell anyone that you received this letter. Please don't mention my name. It could be dangerous. Timothy doesn't think so, but I'm afraid. Maybe you could help us. Please text me at the number below and maybe we can meet as soon as possible. Please, I'm begging you, Claire Mill. And then she leaves like a phone number. So obviously Claire was scared of something and was very cryptic in her uh writing and wanted to meet her because she knew like you know she she needed to trust somebody which puts angie in a bad spot because angie wants to like tell somebody but who can she tell yeah because she's also a closet deadhead but she also angie also admits to dairy that she did a deep dive Yes. Um, and I can't remember if it is in, no, it's not in this chapter. It's in the next one um, where they talk about that. But um, um, that reading that letter actually uh, triggered her whiteout for Angie. And um, she ended up, um, I think, I don't know why she did this, but instead of going to her husband, Derry, about the letter, she went to Randy. Um, no, no. I don't think she went to Randy because of the letter. She went to Randy because she wanted to talk to Jamie. About the possibility of the letter? Because she thought they were tied together? Because nothing in that letter mentioned anything about Jamie. She, she initially, when she, when she saw Jamie on the TV, or the whatever it's called, 3D screen. Right. Um. She thought Jamie looked like someone from her red protocol experience, her son. Right. right. Yeah. Which it would reminded have reminded her of him. Which uh jumping ahead in the next chapter, um, that being um Jamie's nineteen and Angie's twenty seven. So yeah. that would have meant she had a baby at the age of seven. No, Nine, eight. 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 Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Um, which wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But um for that i feel like that was why she went to talk to randy okay because she saw the similarities between her son in red protocol and jamie she felt like she had a and she actually knew him because she had done some dives with him yeah under under his his name fluffy puppy yeah Um, now now we also find out um a little something about dairy in this chapter about what his job is oh yeah He's an attorney. For who? Public defender. 
for the and he cleared the unjustly accused. Yeah. They they actually paint him in a really I mean so far they paint him in a good light as a good public defender. They do. Of someone who goes after the cases of people who actually are innocent in whatever they're involved in. Cuz we could we could admit the the system doesn't always get it right. There are unjustly accused exactly um look, look at the uh the west memphis three you know and and that takes time and i think there's it's called the innocence project now and we need people to hold people accountable for that because that would frighten the heck out of me if, if i got accused of something yeah. that i didn't do and i'm in jail especially when like in the future set in this book they're basing everything off of statistics like they they take a case based on the probability of someone being guilty, essentially. Right. And that's what they go off of. Like a computer it's it's almost minority report. Right, exactly. Um, um they also cause, you know, I think you're right. Look I didn't write these that well no. Um I think she did go to Randy to get with Jamie to talk to him. But yeah. their visiting isn't normal visiting. They it call is. it uh, virtual visiting, which is called the hollow rooms. No, no, no. First interview is regular. With Jamie? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Because this one right here, it says hollow rooms, virtual visiting, which is basically like you're in a VR state talking to someone, but you're just wearing a VR. They're not really actually in front of you. See, this is why I think we should go to chapter 10. Because chapter nine was nothing. No, chapter nine had some fire, fire in it, what? dude. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see what you got because chapter nine has the least amount of notes I've written for a chapter. Yeah. Um, um, so so ba- basically, chapter chapter eight ends with Angie setting up the interview after she talks to Randy, setting up an interview for Jamie and Derry to meet with Jamie because she wants to get Derry on his case. Right. To, to help him out. Cause she believes he's actually innocent um, because she, well, well she, she says he could be innocent in a way she is. She's, she's almost of the same mind at this point as Randy mm-hmm. where Randy thinks Jamie could be like, he's on the spectrum, right? So he thinks he could not know that he he did it or that maybe he was in the game when he did it, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where that I think that's where she's at at this point. Yeah. So yeah, then um I guess you're right. So in, in chapter nine, um basically chapter nine basically is um Angie Derry and then Felicia the therapist yeah um who the therapist did not want angie to deep dive anymore because it causes all those flashbacks whiteouts and everything and she found out that she did a deep dive and she wasn't too happy with her she's like yeah you know- which w- that throws up some red flags for me and as far as i've read hasn't come to what i'm thinking but i feel like felicia's in on something that we haven't found out about yet yeah and then, um, so basically, um, uh, 
they're kind of in a way in this in this chapter i mean Derry's not outwardly doing it but they're kind of painting angie out to be part of like um they, they said disassociation a lot in this chapter so like kind of like the these deep dives are actually causing her mental issues and she's not yeah. seeing things clearly this this brings me back to like inception mm-hmm. that's what it seems like like angie's almost leonardo what's his name leonardo dicaprio dicaprio yes yeah they basically make her out to be kind of like a uh kind of like she's she's go, doing all these things has fried her brain a little bit yeah exactly and that she actually told Derry finally about the flashback of seeing jamie um yeah. and that that how it's like her his son her son but the ages don't match up right it's it's impossible for that to actually happen which yeah. probably adds to the fire of you're probably crazy Oh, oh, um, and, and, oh, and she asked Jake Barnes. Uh, he agreed to give Angie access to Red Protocol to help um, the narrative on the dangers and benefits of full immersion. And so that's basically chapter uh, nine. Yeah. And so you'll take chapter 10. Yeah. We're going to go to chapter 10, even though Tommy in the beginning said no. We're, get, we're getting crazy with it. Yeah, we are. Um, so, well, basically for the, the end of chapter nine, she basically convinces Derry and he thinks Jamie could have been framed. Yeah. And possibly he hints towards the government being why he's, he's framed. Um, then chapter 10 goes into, uh, well, uh, let's go back to this chapter nine. Felicia leaves in the middle of the whole thing. So there were the three of them in the beginning. Felicia leaves then Angie shows Derry the letter, and then Derry ends up thinking that Jamie could have been framed. So what um, you're saying is Felicia went, bye. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. Um, so chapter 10 talks about Felicia. She's going to meet with Jake Barnes, who is the like CEO of the Red Protocol thing. Um, and we get in, we get, actually get to meet Jake Barnes. And when Felicia meets him, she's amazed at how old he looks for 59 years old. Well, we were, we, we actually, he was at that press conference, but we didn't actually meet him. He was just there at that press conference in front of the courthouse with his yeah. wife, I believe. Yeah. Um, so Felicia says, wow, you, I mean, in her head, she says, wow, you look old. Basically he looks like he's, in his late seventies, early eighties. I know the feeling, Jake. I know the feeling. <laughs> um, and Jake Barnes, once he meets Felicia, actually ends up offering her five thousand dollars then and there, so that he can be one of her clients because she's a, a therapist, mm-hmm. and he wants to be able to talk with her because he talks about the, I guess the patient. Uh, the the what do you call it the confidentiality type thing yeah um doctor patient confidentiality yeah it's like it's like attorney client privilege but the opposite with doctors yeah so he offers her five thousand dollars and she's like you know what okay let's do this which I don't know too many people I mean I'd kind of want to know you know like that's that's a big that'd be like Elon Musk coming up to me and saying 
hey, I want you, I want to just be able to talk to you. I'd be like, yes. Yeah. You know, I don't even think I'd take money for that. Like yeah. If he offered it, sure. But I'd be like, I want to know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they get into talking about the placebo effect with VR. And he shows her two mice. And one looks normal. The other has extremely long legs. And he talks to her about this and um, talks about the fact that they used VR on one of these mice. And in, in the VR, they had the mouse with really long legs. And that in turn made the actual mouse grow longer legs. Okay. And so like in reality, so like changed in reality as well? Yeah. So in reality, the, the mouse grew longer legs because in virtual reality, that's what it had. Which is weird because they said like if you died in virtual reality, you don't die in real life, but you do feel the pain. Yeah. Which I, I think they say no no one has ever actually died. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Which is weird because I've always wanted that's like dreams. You always get to that point where you're falling off a cliff, but then you wake up right. or, you know, you hit the ground, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, uh, let's see. Um, and then he reveals that he was one of the first people to use red protocol. And that is why he looks as old as he does. It's irreversible. Yeah. What, what, what has happened to him? He is aged in VR and it's shown in reality. Right. Um, um, and then, uh, Felicia gets into, so you're trying to, uh, advance this so that you can reverse the effects of what happened to you. And he says, that would be a nice side note, but there's more at stake right now than healing him because he he has something else going on with him like he's aging i think it said four times the rate that he would normally be aging it was like that movie jack with robin williams yeah yeah exactly um and then barnes tells her angie could experience virtual reality without a vr rig like completely yeah um, that would be that that would be crazy which, which is how red protocol works right there's no rigs nothing they're just in a room oh yeah so i mean that's that's basically what it got. i i felt like we needed to go into chapter 10 just because of all that stuff that gets revealed yeah it 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 gets a uh, like you said. It gets a little bit more matrixy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this comes back. It, it kind of comes. Uh, not. I want to say full circle. It all starts to make more sense. A lot of stuff is encrypted. Like yeah. so. So like when Jake says there's a lot more going on. You know, you don't quite know what he's talking about, but you'll find and out I, later. Yeah, and I like as far as I think I'm through like chapter 19 chapter 20 we're only in 10 on this review right now but as far as i know i still don't know what to think of jake barnes yeah you you i feel like he could be a bad guy he could be a good guy it could go either way at this point you'll keep battling that 
the whole way. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll battle that with a lot of the characters. So, but like the, this, this, uh, whole entire book like it, it like we said it touches on some like reality and stuff like already like you know we, we like we said we have people in the criminal justice system that are unjustly you know that were supposedly judged by you know a jury of their peers and a lot of these people have um th- they have their own thoughts and stuff and minds are already made up and they convict people falsely convict people i mean there was like that one black guy i forgot where he was spent like 19 years in prison and it turned out he never did it yeah and he was and and so you know these are things that are really happening so yeah so like you know it touches on a lot of things that are important um and especially you know when you get into a someone who's convicted of something or not convicted yet but accused i would say of something um and they're on the autism spectrum and people don't quite know what that is and they have their own minds made up or they'll see someone on the street acting all crazy and they automatically think, Oh, that person's a druggie, but not realizing that it's just a mental health thing. There's different aspects to the story that you, you got to, the VR stuff is just a more of a underlying. I think we could relate as a society right now to everything in this book, except for the VR, because we're not there yet. Technology wise, as far as do not mean, I'm sure we're getting there, but like, as far as the, unjustly accused um the the the, every like the protests and people using political gain uh using other people's um tragedies to further their political career um yeah we're seeing that we see it every single day happened (laughs) yeah right (laughs) um we see it literally every single day so i'm really excited to um keep this going and seeing where we end up this is almost like a preview of the future you know a little bit which is sad yeah you know, it's sad that we you know we still have that going on i mean I'm, there there's some good things because it, it it talks about how it got rid of like the racial motivation in america you know that type of thing and then th- there's some other stuff where it 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 talks about how that has become like not an issue anymore. Yeah. Like you see someone and you don't know what race they are. Yeah. Which in this book, I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost to that point now for some, but some people only see race is the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and, that, and I think that's the biggest problem because like when people like would say like all white people are racist, all black people are criminals i don't even i mean i can't get in that mind frame of even thinking like that or or all middle eastern people are terrorists i don't know how someone could think that that's the weird thing because my i guess my brain isn't wired like that um because i i see someone i mean dude i don't like there's more white people that i don't like than any other race (laughs) you know so but i i i by the content of their character not you know the color of their skin is, is the, yeah. you know, which I think is the good rule to live by. And I feel like, you know, we as a society, they are taking a step to the opposite of that to. They automatically assume some, something. Yeah. Or, or like, Hey, we were unjust. Something happened to us many, many, many years ago. Um, we're, we're going to piggyback on that and try to get something out of it. 
um based on the color of our skin like because yeah. like we you and i you know those of you guys who don't listen to the other show you know i'm you know card carrying you know cherokee indian i mean but i look white right so but the thing is is like my people were killed you know in the trail of tears um yeah but i don't go after a lot of you know people that did I that too. like their race yeah your people too that happened way in the past and that's not and we're seeing that now with like um what's I happening don't expect in, people to give me money right or we're seeing that right now with israel and palestine you know they're conflicting again and we're seeing an uprising of granted the media is making it out to be a lot of people just like in this book with the people who are wishing all the deadheads they're siding with palestine saying oh israel shouldn't be doing this but i'm like you tell me if someone was to I, punch you in the face would you not punch him back i saw a good i don't know if you follow him but larry elder no on instagram you should follow him because he does these little like cartoons and stuff like that but he had one where it was talking about israel and palestine and it showed um a picture a little a little comic of israel on one side palestine on the other and in the israel side it showed their soldiers up above ground and ready to fight and then below ground it showed their civilians Mm -hmm. palestine side it showed their civilians above ground all huddled together and the soldiers underneath ground it's exactly how it is they're using human shields right but you know, you have people even in our political office right now siding with Palestine on that. I'm like, this is dangerous. This is very dangerous because this yeah. is what the media is showing you, which makes the narrative, which if that's what the media is showing you, that's what uh, other countries see because other countries aren't here to see it in person. They only yeah. see what the media shows. So other countries are thinking, oh my gosh, America is against Israel. And this is dangerous, just like it is in this book where they're only showing you um, these protesters saying uh, death to all deadheads. And so you would assume like, well, that's what the majority of people are thinking. So I'm going to side with the governor on that and vote for that governor for president. Because yeah. apparently, I mean, a majority can't be wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, like, I th- the par- and I think I talked about this before, like, I don't care who you are, but you have to take a look at the facts, the Bible has essentially been undisputed. I mean, it's been disputed, but every time people have gone to disprove it, it hasn't worked out. Right. Just and like it says in the Bible, those who side against God's chosen people who are Israel are going to meet their end. Right. Well, it's just like in a, what we were talking about um, uh, on the other show, I think, uh, where I said uh, Lee Strobel, the guy who went out to disprove um, or disprove from, from uh, Discovery. I think he was on Discovery, but he was an author for The Case for Christ and Case for Creator. I, th- I think and it's the same guy. I think it was his college thesis or whatever that he wrote to like go disprove everything, and he ended up becoming a believer, and then yeah. he ended up writing books proving it. And these are like historical walks, like he actually went there it wasn't like he just did research on his computer he actually went to these places these locations you know did all these artifact things and he he's proving it so it's interesting though like the parallels with i mean you could take like the 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 deadhead thing and that's just a blanket uh yeah you can put it 
up against anything right now. Exactly. You could say input police brutality in place of the deadhead. Put racism in place of the deadhead. Second put, Amendment. Second Amendment. Transgender things. You can put anything you want in the place of that right there, and you're going to see it from every single aspect. And Decker's such an amazing thinker that he knows this is where people are going. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if, if you have never read a Decker book before, I suggest any of them. Yeah. Like e even the ones that are like, uh, was it? Nonfiction is, is fake. It's like yeah. Fiction's fake. Nonfiction is real. Nonfiction is real. Nonfiction is real. Okay. So even as nonfiction books, you can you can go and look at some of those like it it doesn't matter like the this author this is why he's like my favorite author yeah like he, he puts parallels between everything yeah and like like you said like the whole deadhead thing what's important to you i mean you and i are a lot alike so what's important to you is more than likely important to me but we could be completely different people read this book and we could input into that anything. deadhead spot yeah. what's important to us and that book is still going to end up being the same, have the same um, effect. effect, but a completely different, um, like, I guess you would say object of what we're yeah. placing it with. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, dude. I can't wait to get further in and, and, and I guess you would say deep dive, dive yeah. deep into this. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you've, I've read it, you're, you're, you're ahead in the, in the book, so you definitely know what's coming up. So there, <laughs> it's going to it gets deeper folks. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, that's, that's all I have today, man. Um, that's it. Cool. And so that was chapter seven, eight, nine, ten, And we're going to, you know, um, maybe the next three or four, you know, we'll expect at least three, maybe four on the next episode. So, yeah, but you'll definitely see it when we post it. So cool, man. Yeah, bye. All right. Bye listening everybody you can listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, podbean amazon google play pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts you can find us on social media on facebook instagram and youtube and you can also call and text us at 916-259-3030 or by email at the real show at gmail.com and make sure you listen to our normal show real wth show which could be found anywhere you can listen to the podcast thanks everybody